0: Welcome to Restored for Life with Pastor Ben Harris, the senior pastor at Restored Community Church, where God's perfect word restores imperfect people. And here's Pastor Ben to introduce today's message. Well, we've been introduced to the author, the readers, the churches that it's written to, and it is something that is really Amazing. What the church was going through in the first century, however, is not unlike, I believe, what the church is going through in many parts of the world today. As we see Russia invade the Ukraine, uh, believers there are are, are just being uh, persecuted beyond belief. There's a lot going on in our world. You've got China, you've got North Korea, so many reasons to be fearful, but John has written this book guided by the Holy Spirit to give us hope to get through whatever it is that's facing our planet, even now. Now let's continue on in our study of the Church Revealed, part two. Jesus said they were dying. The outside really doesn't impress the Lord because he sees through all of it. He sees through to the heart. We should be mindful of that. And sadly, that's not unusual for churches to head in the wrong direction here. Many start out strong. They gain great notoriety for their great um, preaching and, and their service to the community. But with fame, there are great temptations that accompany it. And oftentimes, along with the great pride, comes a great fall. Too many times we read about this in the In the papers or online, where some pastor or some church is headed now in a strange direction, a dangerous direction. And after a great fall comes a great exodus by the church members. Then the church, in practice, becomes a museum piece that tries to live off past accomplishments. It's only a matter of time before it dies and become something else. Well that's Christ's commendation or condemnation for this church. Now let's look at the correction of Christ here. Not unlike the warning he gave to the church of Ephesus, Jesus warns Sardis too that they're in danger of having their lampstand removed, of having their light blown out. Verse 3, remember, therefore, how you have received and heard and hold fast and repent. Well, how did they receive and hear? Well, the apostle Paul had been there and others. They got to read Peter's letters. They had missionaries stop by and train them and teach them. But as you recall, throughout the gospel or throughout the letters, Paul says, I'm here back with you again, and yet I've got to teach you the first things again. Well, that's what happens when you don't grow in your faith. That's what happens when you make a profession of faith, but that's not followed through. You don't receive it for yourself and grow in it for yourself. too many churches are doing that this day. They're about to have their lampstand removed. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Remember what you were giving and then repent. That means stop going away from what I'm teaching you and return to me and to the things that I've taught you. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief and you will not know the hour I will come upon you. Jesus is about to remove their lampstand. He's about to bring judgment on this church. He's given them one last chance to remember, to repent, and then to repeat the things they began with. It's important that we remember that there is hope for any church like that of Sardis As long as the pastor and the body of believers are willing to humble themselves, to pray, to remember God's love, grace, and mercy, to repent from their sin as they're rediscovering their purpose on earth, God will honor that. They're a dead church, though. Jesus is life, and he will bring life to any church that calls upon his name. Do you remember early on, in fact, the first week of our study that I spoke of the importance of making this Bible study and revelation personal to each of us individual? That we should not only learn about these churches, but that we should learn from these churches and what Jesus was saying to them. We ought to personalize and take it into our own lives for our own personal evaluation and growth. Here's where we want to pause and reevaluate where we stand in our own lives. Are we still following Christ? Do we still have that love for him, the genuine love? Are we still looking to serve him? Are we still looking to carry out the mission for which he's given each and every one of us? We all have a mission that somehow comes together through the church and goes out into the community and reaches people for Christ. That's the overarching mission. Listen, the church of Sardis was beautiful on the outside. They appeared to be serving God. They were saying and doing the right things. They probably sounded so righteous and spiritual in their conversations, but on the inside, they were moving further and further away from God. If you ask the average churchgoer there in Sardis how they were doing and how their church was, they'd probably tell you of past victories and successes. They might say, oh man, you should have been here 10 years ago. We were really something then. Boy, we had this pastor that was teaching the word and, you know, we did all this and such and and they would have all this, you know, this. it was something. Let me tell you about it. You should have been here. They might try and convince you that they were hard at work for God or even tell you that they were good with God. No, I'm good with God. But the question isn't, are you good with God? The, the better question is this, is God good with you? Are we? You know, it doesn't matter what my opinion is of what God wants. That matters very little. What matters is what God wants me wants from me and wants me to carry out. That's what really matters. Listen, if you can't point out how God is at work in your life and through your life today, you might be in neutral and don't know it. You see, we don't serve a God who stagnates, He is neither motionless or idle. No, our God is a God on the move. He is always at work inside of the hearts and minds of those who will follow Him in obedience. So if you find yourself stagnant, if you find yourself in neutral, you've lost contact with Him. It's time to put it back in gear and follow Him. My question for each one of us today is this, is your future brighter than your past? Can you see God at work in your life today? Not 10 years ago, not five years, not even last year, do you see Him alive and working in your life today is the question. You see, past successes are not where we're to live. We're to live with our eyes on the living God who is at work in this world for His kingdom, and He invites us to work with Him. I always talk about this, about the rearview mirror in your car. It's necessary to glance up and look back once in a while. I get that. I do it too. And in spiritual spiritually speaking, it's good to remember the things that God has done for you in the past. That's encouraging to me. That also helps me to trust Him in the future. If He's been faithful in the past, I have every reason to believe He's going to be faithful in the future. But listen, we don't drive in our rearview mirror, at least not for very long. <laughs> your, your, your front windshield is a lot bigger than that rearview mirror for a reason, because You're not driving in the past. You're driving forward. You need to know where you're going. You need to be able to move your car and your life as God calls you to move it. Look ahead of you. Are you still behind the Lord where he's leading you in your life? This is a great adventure he invites you and I to be a part of. We want to move with him. Sometimes I hear people say that they're just waiting on the Lord to move in their lives, but what if God is waiting for you to move? You know, we can talk about this all day long. We, you know, sitting on the couch waiting for God to to move in our lives when God has already invited us onto the battlefield. What if he's waiting for you to move? Second Chronicles 16.9 tells us this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. God's just waiting for you to follow him, to be loyal to him, and to take some steps forward. Listen, if you can't take steps forward, how are you going to know where you're going? I use the analogy of a, of a of a fishing boat, or any boat, really. When I bought my first boat, I took it out to the dock to find out that there were 500 people there in chairs just waiting for people like me to take their boat out for the first time. A lot of guys crash them into other guys or hit the rocks, and I mean, it's it's entertainment, I guess, for them. But I soon learned, because I would panic, I would throw it into neutral, thinking that was the best option, but that's the worst option. As soon as you throw a boat into neutral, you have no steering. Of course, you know you have no brakes. That's the worst thing you can do. You've got to keep that boat underway. You've got to keep the propeller moving. That's the only way you can move. That's the only way you can turn. It's the only way you can stop. It's the only way you can go. Is your propeller turning this morning, or have you slipped it into neutral? God's waiting for you to be loyal to him and to follow him. If your heart is loyal to him, you'll be looking for that next opportunity to serve him and to stay right behind him. We have a, our motto here is we only want what you want, God. That's all we want. I'm too old for, for cul-de-sacs. I'm too too old for those dumb ideas I had in my 30s. I just want to follow God all the way to heaven. So I'm going to try to keep the the propeller moving, and follow right behind him all the way to heaven. If you're loyal to him, you'll be sensitive to when he speaks. You'll encourage that person that needs to be encouraged. You'll in, you'll invest your time, your talent, and your treasure, both inside and outside the church. You'll be engaged you won't just attend church you'll you'll go all in through serving and giving to the mission here at RCC listen we're a body here we're one body here but we all have various talents we all have various gifts the part the gift that you have I probably don't have and vice versa so when we come together we make up this beautiful body that God uses to go out of here you see, we come here to be the body, but when we leave here, we're deployed to go out into our communities to serve the Lord. Our mission statement here at RCC is this: Look up at the screen. I want you to see this—to bring the hope of the cross and the truth of the word to a people restored to God by Christ Jesus. Did you know there's only two eternal things that that uh, that are here now that won't be. That will live beyond the end? Two things. The Word of God, of course, will always it's eternal, we're told. and the souls of men are eternal. Those two things. So as, as we were building this statement, we realized those are the only two things that happen that are important: the Word of God and the souls of men and women. Well, if you can take the word of God and you can give it to the souls of men and women, some will come to Christ that's what this church is about. What role does God want you to play here at our church in order to help us accomplish the mission for which he's called us all to? I'm not only talking about going to church, I'm talking about being the church. Back to our study here in the church of Sardis. As he does so often, Jesus ends with encouragement for the faithful remnant of believers Here's what he tells them. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus encourages the church to be watchful, to remember what their Lord had done for them and what he was doing for them and what he was calling them to. He also reminded them to repent and turn around and go back to the basics with which they knew better. As a church today, the warning is the same. Be watchful. Don't drift away. Remain right behind God as he moves us to where he wants us to work. Past successes are wonderful to celebrate, but they must never become where we camp. One of my favorite authors and teachers who has moved on to heaven now, Pastor Warren Wiersbe, has impacted me so much. I've read his books and just he just got it. He was such a gift from God in my life and many others. But this is what he says about past successes. He says, and I quote, It is good to guard our spiritual heritage, but we must not embalm it. It it harkens back to that rearview mirror. It's important to guard our spiritual heritage. It's important to remember where we came from, but we must not embalm it. We must not make that the, the, the vision of this church. The vision is to go out from the church and to make disciples. God is alive and on the move, and we should be also. The faithful remnant at Sardis had, had not grown complacent. They had not thrown in with the pagan worshipers. They, were, they weren't living off past successes. They were likely still meeting like, with like-minded believers on their own because Sardis was imploding. They were remaining faithful overcomers, and Jesus promised them that their names were forever written down in the Lamb's book of life. I love to study, and I wish I could bring this whole study to you. We'd be here for years doing it, just revelation. I think God's calling us to do something this summer a little different so we're going through, but this is what I want to kind of punch out to you today. The Bible, of uh, there's two uh, eternal books. The Bible, of course, we just talked about that, but the second one is called God's Book of Life, which contains every name of every person who has ever been born or who has ever lived. In the womb, outside the womb, the name is here. When an unbeliever dies... His or her name is blotted out from the book forever. Then, after the judgment, the book of life becomes the Lamb's book of life. Why? Because what's left are those that Jesus Christ purchased with his blood on the cross. Only believers' names are left. And now God hands it to Jesus and said, it's not no longer called... The book of life, it is the Lamb's book of life because the people in there, Jesus purchased with his blood. It is now the Lamb's book of life. So is it important for you to register for such a life-changing event as meeting the Savior face-to-face for the first time? Oh boy, I think all of us would understand that or most of us. Let me tell you, the answer is one word, absolutely. You need to register. I want to close with a story that I think illustrates this perfectly. Ruthanna Metzger, a professional singer, tells a story that illustrates the importance of having our names written in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. Several years ago, she was asked to sing at the wedding of a very wealthy family, According to the invitation, the reception would be held on the top floor of Seattle's Columbia Tower, the Northwest's tallest skyscraper. What an amazing view if you've ever gotten to go up to the top. She and her husband, Roy, were excited about attending. At the reception, waiters in tuxedos offered luscious hors d'oeuvres and exotic foods down below. The bride and groom approached a beautiful glass and brass staircase that led to the top floor. The bride's father ceremoniously cut a satin ribbon that prevented access to the staircase and it fell to the floor. They announced that the wedding feast was about to begin upstairs. Bride and groom were the first to ascend to the cheering crowd. Followed by mom and dad, the wedding party, and the rest of the guests. At the top of the stairs, a maitre d' with a bound book greeted the guests outside the doors. May I have your name, please? I'm Ruthanna Metzger, and this is my husband, Roy. He searched the M's and then looked up and said, Ma'am, I'm not finding the name here. Can you spell it for me? A little worried, Ruthanna spelled her name slowly. After searching the book, the maitre d' looked up and said, Ma'am, I'm sorry, your name isn't in here. There must be a mistake, Ruthanna replied. I'm the singer. I sang a a solo at the wedding. I sang for the wedding. The gentleman answered, I'm sorry, ma'am, but it doesn't matter who you are or what you did. Without your name in the book, you can't attend the banquet. Each setting place has a name on it. I can't let you inside. He motioned for a waiter to come over and said, please show these people to the service elevator. The Metzgers followed the waiter past the beautifully decorated tables laden with shrimp, whole smoked salmon, and magnificent carved ice sculptures. And that view wow adjacent to the banquet area an orchestra was prepared to perform the musicians all dressed in dazzling white tuxedos the waiter led ruthanna and roy through all of this to the service elevator and ushered them in he reached around the corner and pushed g for garage and the doors closed After locating their car and driving several miles in complete silence, Roy reached over and put his hand on his wife's hand and said, Honey, what happened back there? Well, when the invitation arrived, I was so busy... Ruthanna replied, I guess I never bothered to RSVP. Besides, I was the singer. Surely I could go to the reception without returning the RSVP. Ruthanna started to cry. Not only because she missed one of the greatest days of her life, but because it dawned on her that this must be what it's going to be like for those that believe they were getting into heaven without making a reservation with Jesus Christ. What a sad day that's going to be when the Lamb's book of life is opened and people begin to come up and their name is not there and Jesus looks at them and says, depart from me, I never knew you. You didn't register here. Your name's not here and you can't come in. What a tragic day that's going to be. Listen, every service that you come here to Restored Community Church, I give the opportunity for people to come to Christ because there's nothing more important. I do it unapologetically because right now the gift is available. Right now the reservations can be made, but the second your heart stops beating, that gift is off the table. You've either made your reservation or you haven't. And I can tell you this morning, and I can plead with you to do so, but the decision is yours. I can tell you that if I could make it for you, I would do so without hesitation. but the RSVP must be made by you and you alone, and it is between you and God. Now God loved you so much with such a great love that is it 's beyond our our calculation it 's beyond our reasoning. His love for you is deeper than the deepest sea we 're told. In fact, He loved you so much that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He sent His Son into the world. No one could die for their own sin without having to be punished eternally. So He sent His Son into the world. While we were yet sinners, Christ went to the cross, and His blood was shed for you and for me. And if you will accept what He's done, if you will make that yours, that's the gift. If you take that gift and make it yours, if you cry out to God right now, and if you're at home, do so right now. If you're listening to this on our radio program, pull your car over and make your reservation right now, and here's how you do that. You cry out to God and say, I want what that pastor's talking about. I want Jesus's blood to, be, to count for me. I want that forgiveness he's talking about. I want the relationship with God that, go, that begins right now, today, when you make that decision And it goes all the way out through eternity. Do that today while there's still time because none of us know when we're about to enter into eternity and then the gift is off the table. Let's pray. Restored for Life is a radio ministry brought to you by Restored Community Church. Visit restoredcommunitychurch.org to learn more about Pastor Ben Harris and for service times. Join Pastor Ben next time as we set out on a journey to discover the authentic life as Christ followers through obedience to His Word.